Welcome to New Destiny Christian Center's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor David Verdecchio. If you'd like to find more information about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com. I'm talking about that right now is because here's what tends to happen in church in general, in lives, but I'm going to use it in church in general. Here's the way it begins to work. When we started in Matthew, we had this many comments every day. Now it's been a little over two months and we have this many comments every day. Okay? And I don't say that to put anyone down. I say that because here's the way we work in our lives. Something is new. It's fresh. It's exciting. We're excited about doing it. But as time goes on, it loses the, the polished look. It loses the new feel. And it's easy for us in all the different things in the gospel to begin to pay less attention or not be as excited. Does that make sense? Okay, so what I talked about last week and what I'm going to continue to talk about for probably the next little while is expectation because God does what he does and he moves in ways because of an an expectancy of what he wants to see happen in our lives and what he wants to see happen in the earth okay but if we're not careful when we first move into something there's an excitement a joy and then after a little bit of time there becomes that period we begin to say it's just not the same as it used to be. All right, I'm preaching to myself because y'all don't seem to be getting it. So I'm, I'm just going to preach to me today. And so, you know, in essence, the reason God's been speaking this to me is to a large degree, in general, we live far below our potential. When I read the word, I don't read the word saying that, oh, we're a bunch of worms and we just crawl in the ground and suck in dirt all day and hope somebody doesn't dig us up and feed us to a fish. What I read is that we're overcomers. We're the head, we're not the tail. He wants to bless us. He wants to prosper us. He wants to do all these things in our lives. And yet we tend to live far below that potential. Okay, I'm in the right place. So as I, I, you know, we're a spirit-filled church and we don't hide it. We pray in tongues. We believe the Holy Ghost is for today just as much as it was on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And then I begin to think as I was praying this week, God, why did you give us the Holy Ghost? See, there's an expectancy that's there. God gave us a gift. When I give a gift, now I know in today's society, when you're supposed to give a gift and not expect anything, hogwash. I mean, at some level, I agree with that, but not, not the way they do it today, right? So if I give a gift, I give a gift to my daughter, right? I give her, you know, a, 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 I tell her, Hannah, I'm going to give you $50,000 so that, so that you can go out and buy a house. Well, she already owns a house, so I'm not giving her 50 grand, just, just to make sure that we understand that. But if, if I were to do that, right, here's $50,000, and I want you to go buy a house, and then she didn't buy a house... What, 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 what do you mean? What'd you do? Oh, I took that 50 grand and I went shopping. <laughs> you want to see all the shoes I bought? Right? There, I gave it to her with an expectancy, clearly directed, this is what I'm giving this to you for, 
and I'm expecting you to do this with this, right? Okay. So the Holy Ghost is the same way. We don't pray in tongues just to pray in tongues. Now, the Holy Spirit does a lot of things when we pray in tongues. We're building ourselves up on our most holy faith. We're building strength. It's the edifice on the inside. All those things are there. But he gave us the Holy Ghost for a purpose as well, to use it. He gave us a gift to be used. Okay, so to get filled with the Holy Ghost and never pray in tongues, to me, is like giving her $50,000 and her going to shop for shoes. Okay, all right. We'll have some fun. Now, Luke chapter number 3. I'm going to start here. Luke chapter number 3. He's talking about John the Baptist. Up to this point, there's been about 400 years of silence. From the book of Malachi to when John the Baptist begins to enter into the scene. There's been about 400 years of quietness, so to speak. It says in verse number 15, Now as the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not. So it's quiet. People are, are, are they, they love God, they want God, but there hasn't been a move of God in 400 years. Kind of hard for us to wrap our hands around. Okay? Wrap our minds around. And so John comes on the scene and he's a crazy man. He doesn't come on the scene with the robes. He doesn't come on the scene with all of the, 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 the liturgical training and all that stuff. He comes on the scene. He's out in the wilderness. He doesn't go to the synagogue. He's out there, and, and, and he begins to preach, and he begins to baptize people with the baptism of repentance. Okay? He, he, he begins to preach a hard message. Repentance doesn't go over well. It hasn't changed in 2,000 years. Right? We could, we could talk about God's love. We could talk about his mercy. We could talk about his forgiveness. And all those things are tremendous or outstanding things. But all those things come because of repentance. God's mercy is poured out when we repent of our sins. Okay, so it's easy to preach the mercy without the repentance, but when you preach repentance, you begin to tell people it's time to change. So he comes on the scene and he's preaching a hard message, but the people are going, man, this is, what, what could this be? They came out to see him. They wanted to know what is going on. Could he be the Christ? And then in verse number 16, John answered, saying to all, so he didn't just answer it to a couple people. He said it to everybody who was there. He answered it to all. He said, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John comes on the scene and he begins to talk about the baptism of fire. He begins to talk about something that was, that was so far out of the norm that they really didn't understand what he was talking about. And I don't think he understood. He began to talk about being baptized. How do you get baptized in fire and not die? When you begin to think about those things, what, what exactly was he talking about? But what happened is because he came out and he began to do something different, people's expectations that God was beginning to move, begin to rise. 
See, in our lives, there's those periods in life where our expectations of what God is doing begins to go up. When I got saved, I, 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 I always had kind of a little bit of an understanding of God, but I, I really wasn't raised uh, 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 close to him. I really didn't have much of an understanding, but I always knew that there was a God. I always knew that, that there was something out there that was missing. When I got saved... When I gave my life to Christ, when I, when, I, when I heard the gospel and understood it and accepted Jesus and, and I, I just changed my whole life, I was living in Scranton, Pennsylvania, but when I got saved, I was in Denver, I was visiting my brother, and I remember saying, I've got to have the God that you're talking about. Because the God that I had tried over here didn't work. But something inside said, this is real. This is what God wants to do in my life. And I, I moved home, and on my birthday, I packed up my car, moved all the way 1,900 miles, drove across the country, changed my whole life. But it's because I had such an expectation of what God wanted to do in my life. I've had people over the years tell me, how did you do that? I said, it really wasn't that hard. I was single. I got in my car, I filled it with gas, and I started driving west. It really wasn't all that difficult, but my expectation was of what God's going to do. Are you following me? Okay, now, here's what happens. After a few months, you begin to, was it the right thing to do? I, I had been living for God. God had been doing so many things, and all of a sudden, some circumstances happened, and my, my heart got broken, and I remember, I remember thinking, hmm, that's not what I expected. See, when you don't get what you expect, do your expectations of what God wants to do in your life come down? Most of us, it does. Most of us, it, it, it does. We begin to think of things different. We begin to, why? Because it didn't, it didn't fill our expectation. But like I said last week, whose responsibility is your expectation? Okay? We each control what we expect. Okay. Now, so John came on the scene, and he began to tell them, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's going to come, and there's going to be something different that's going to happen. Now, go down to Luke chapter number 9. All right, this, this goes to answer the question, what is the expectation, what is the expectancy of why I got filled with the Holy Ghost? Luke chapter number 9, starting at the first verse. Bible says, then he called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money. Do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. Whoever does not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Verse number six. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So here we begin to get Jesus is on the scene. He's got the disciples that are around him. And he says, okay, guys, we're going to do a test run. We're going we're gonna to begin to, I'm going to show you what I'm expecting. See, Jesus, whenever he did stuff, he expected them to do something, right? 
So he said, I give you authority, right? He said in, in uh, 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 verse number one, he said, then he called the 12 and he gave them power and authority over demons and to cure diseases. Now, what is power? Most of us have been in, that have been in any kind of Pentecostal charismatic circles, we know power, the word for that is dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. Okay, so when you think of power, think of dynamite. Loud, aggressive, forceful, right? These are kind of the words that are there. It's, it's a, the dynamite has an ability to break things up. Okay, so it's power, strength, violence, a mighty work. So he gave them power. He gave us power. So my question is, when you got filled with the Holy Ghost, what are you doing with the power? My question for me this week was, what am I doing with the power? Am I exercising power like a stick of dynamite? Or do I have a little fizzly thing that goes off on the concrete? Because I don't think God gave us power so we can be a little sparkler laying on the ground. Am I, am I making sense? Yes, now, I'm not saying any of this to put anyone down. I want you to understand it's all about expectations. Okay? Because God gave us a stick of dynamite, not a sparkler. Yes, sir. All right? Are you following me? Yes. So, power. Power is aggressive. Power is loud. Power means something. It does something. And then he said, I gave you authority. Now, authority is a different kind of word. He could have just said, I gave you power. He said, but I gave you power and authority. Okay, so what is authority? Authority is delegated influence. In other words, he took his influence and he gave you that influence. Are, are you following me? No, he's, he, said, he said, I'm going to take... Now, did Jesus have any problem having influence? Did, did Jesus have any problem drawing a crowd? He didn't, right? He said, I'm going to take my influence... And I'm going to delegate it to you. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because for, for whatever reason, the, the, the enemy comes in and he clamps down on our, our thoughts and our emotions. And he tells us things like, well, yeah, but you can't do it at that level. You can't be successful. Maybe, maybe you're here and you're starting a small business. He says, you can do a business, but you know, it's going to take you five years to be successful and you're never going to do it and most businesses fail. And all of the terms that the world says begin to roll in our head instead of realizing God can make us successful right away. Amen. I want to let that set for a second. Because honestly, we don't think that. When, when, when my wife and I pioneered this church, and the reason I'm preaching this is because this has been my life for you know, the last 13 years. We started because of the way we were raised up in Christianity, thinking small. We started with the mentality, now we're willing to do anything, we started with the mentality of, oh, God, just give us a handful. Apostle Joe always tells me, he goes, you know, God's just doing such tremendous things at New Destiny. He says, you realize that God's going to make this a big church. And I used to say, yeah, but, but I don't want that. Because my mentality said, well, you, you, who do you think you are? You can't do that. Smallness. And God's wanting to break us open. So he said, I'm not just giving you power, 
but I'm giving you my authority. I'm delegating my influence to you. Are you following me? Now he's saying the same thing to you. That's the beauty of it. It's delegated influence, delegated authority. It's jurisdiction. He's saying, I'm giving you the ability to use my judgment. Okay, we're going we're to get a little further. And then he told him why he was giving it to him. So he said, I'm giving you power. He said, I'm giving you authority. And then he said, why? And this is where I want to sit for a minute. He said, I'm giving it to you over all demons and to cure diseases. He gave us power and authority over all demons. Now, why did he do that? We live in a society, and that's probably never changed for 2,000 years, where there's demonic influence all over the place. I had somebody this week that, that, that came in, and they were, they were upset, and, and things were bothering them, and all, well, I got this witch's coven, and they're cursing me, and all. And, and I looked at this person, and I said, so? And you could just see the, hmm? Don't you care? Oh, no, I care. I care. But if you have authority over the devil, why do you care that a witch's coven is praying against you? Unless you're not living up to the authority that God gave you. Are, are you following me? Okay, so why did he give us the Holy Ghost? Why did he give us power? Why did he give us influence? Because he wants us to be over demonic powers. So that if somebody comes through the door and they're carrying all their junk, all of their demonic influence, all of their problems, I don't have to look at them and say, oh no, there's a Satanist here. But I can stand in the authority that God gave each and every one of us and I can love them knowing that their power comes to naught when you put it against the blood of Christ. But in order to do that, I make that decision. Will I live up to the expectation of Christ's power that he gave me, or will I come under a lesser influence? Okay, I think you're kind of following me. Okay, that's good. That's good. So don't fear when people come in and they're a mess. Don't worry about it. I know, but Pastor, what happens if somebody comes in with a gun? Well, then I'll pray it misfires. And to cure all diseases. Even the, the hated C word. I know, Pastor, I, can, I, I believe that I can pray and I can see a headache go away, but we're talking stage three cancer here. It says all diseases. We can cure them. But it's, it's here that we lose it because our faith level changes. When somebody comes with a headache, in the name of Jesus, all power and authority has been given to me. I curse this headache. But when somebody comes with cancer, oh, Father, I just pray that somehow you would be able to do this. And if it doesn't work, that they would go to heaven. You see the difference? Okay, he wants us to operate as a people with power and authority. And the way that happens is when you understand who you are in Christ and you begin to live according to it. Okay. Now, when he gave them power and authority, he had expectations upon them. Okay, one of the expectations was is he expected them to believe it. 
It sounds so simple, and yet it's pretty profound. When God makes you a promise, he expects you to believe it, and if you don't believe it, then the promise doesn't have the power that he wants it to have in your life. He expects you to take the promises in the word, study them, believe them, and activate them in your life. Has anyone ever said, well, I do believe God wants me to prosper, but it just doesn't work that way for me? I've said it. I can raise both hands, both my feet if I could, right? Because I've had those times where I thought, yeah, I know, but there's all these reasons why that one doesn't work for me. There's all these things that are in the way. And what it really came down to is I just wasn't believing what God had already said. And so I was living beneath the potential of the word. Now, I'm not preaching this saying that I'm now the full potential of God's word. We've got a long way to go. But the first step to doing it is to begin to believe higher. It's kind of like parents that say, well, I, 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 my, my son or my daughter, you know, they're just rebellious. You know, they're two years old. They're just rebellious, and I'm praying that somehow that will be okay. You have to begin to speak the word over that child. Pray, Father, I thank you that you gave me this child, that you're raising this child up to do the work for God, that you're going to move in their life, that they're going to love. You, you have to speak what God says over them. Now, they're going to come to a place where they have to make a decision, but I'm going to make that every bit of influence I ever have. I, I do, with my grandsons, I do it now. Tell them all the time, you're a child of God. Right? So we, we've got to live up to that higher potential, but he expects you to believe it. So when you look for things in the word, he wants you to begin to believe it. Don't believe your circumstances more than you believe what has said. It's, it's easy to be influenced by what we see. Do we have anyone in here that was born in Missouri? It's the show me state. I used to call, when I lived in Colorado, we were a lot of people there from Missouri, and I said, you're a bunch of mules. Because they, they, they live by this pride of until I see it, I don't believe it. And we can't do that as Christians. If you see it in the word, you can live it. If you begin to believe it. You can, you can live it. You can have what the word says. The second thing is, he had an expectation on them that they would begin to do what he said to do. So he said, I give you power and authority so that you can go cast out devils and so you can heal the sick. And he didn't do it for them to just put it on a shelf. See, it's easy to put the gifts on a shelf. It's easy to take the gifts that God gives us, right, and put it up on a shelf. Lisa likes to get me little, little, little trinket gifts. And I love them. They're great. It's getting to where I've got too many of them, though. I'm trying to find places for them. <laughs> right? She walks in my office. She goes, where's that one I gave you? Anyway. <laughs> and and they're, they're great gifts. I do love them. But she'll, she'll give me these little things, and they're, they're meant to be put on a shelf to be admired. That when I look at them and I can say, oh, Lisa gave me that. That's sweet of her. Right? But the gifts that God gives us, power and authority, aren't so we can put them on a shelf and sit back and every now and then look up and go, oh, isn't it sweet? God so much loved me that he gave me a gift of authority. But he gave them to us so that we can begin to use that power and authority in our lives. Not to beat people up, not to do the things that are, that, are, that, that are bad uses of authority, but to be able to be who God has called us to be and have the influence he's called us 
to the influence that he wants us to have in this territory. See, when I drive around Delaware County in general in the tri-state area, what I see is I see an area that, that compared to other areas of the country that are lived in, let alone around the world, that is lacking in a God consciousness. It's, it's totally different in, in this tri-state area than it is in most of the country. There's just not a God consciousness. And I was born here and he took me out, and I believe part of the reason he took me out for such a long period of time was so that I could recognize what's on the territory, okay? And so when you're here and you've lived here all your life, it's hard to recognize that difference. But coming back, I begin to recognize people just don't on an average, when you go into Wawa and you scan the crowd, for the most part, there's not too many of them that have a God consciousness, that woke up in the morning and said, praise the Lord, I'm here to serve God for another day, thank you for breath. Right? It's, there's not those kind of thoughts, it's foreign to them. God wants us to take the power and the authority he's given us and begin to live in such a way that that begins to spread throughout the entire Delaware Valley. And you have to begin to believe that God's given you enough power and enough authority to influence those that are around you in that way. He expects you to use that power and authority to spread his name everywhere. Does that make sense? Okay. The other thing that he did that's just kind of a side note is he sent them. Being sent is important. He called them and he sent them, okay? And when you're, when you're sent, when the devil begins to, to sit on your chest, and he weighs a lot, when he begins to sit on your chest, you can say, this hurts, but I know I was sent right, so I'm going to be okay. <laughs> so that's just a side note. Just a, when, you, when you send yourself, when he sits on your chest, you ain't got nobody that's going to throw you a rope. All right. The other thing he did is he told him, I'll provide for you. See, when he sends you, we can have an expectation upon him that he will provide for us. I'm going to give you a bit of revelation. This is going to surprise some of you. You don't have to provide for yourself. You have to work. But you don't have to provide for yourself. Because God says he'll provide for you. He used an example and said, just look outside at the birds of the air. He said, look at the flowers. They don't do all this work, and yet they're able to come up because God causes them to. They're able to find food because God causes them to be able to find food. You don't have to provide for yourself, but you have to work. See, when you understand that, expectation goes both ways. And so that's, that's why, and here's, here's a, a, a money lesson, and I know whenever I do these, people just go, okay? That's why tithing is so important. It's not because God needs money, because he doesn't, okay? That's not why we tithe. That's not why I tithe. I don't tithe because, oh, no, what am I going to do? The, the organization's going to shut down if I don't give my 10%. It has nothing to do with it. Okay? The reason I tithe is because it's me saying, God's word said that if I'm faithful with what he tells me to be faithful in, then he's going to provide for all of my needs. 
And so when things get difficult and things get tough, I can sit back and say, I know God will take care of me. As long as I do my part, God blesses me. God will help me. So I tithe. And the reason we tithe, and, and even as a body, this church tithes. I believe in it that much. Okay, this, this whole congregation, everything that comes in, there's a tithe that goes off. Why? Because it's a principle, and when you follow God's principle, you can expect him to do what he said. Are you, are you following me? So you don't tithe, you know, you, you tithe because you, you, you're obeying God's word and you trust him. You expect him to do what he said he would do. Okay, so whenever you hit on, and here's why you hit on money, not to get money. You hit on money because it's, I can talk about all kinds of things and it's up here. But the minute I touch money, it hits right here for all of us. That's why I do it. And then Jesus, he, he dies. He rise from the, rose from the dead, Mark chapter number 16. And then he begins to get into why he gave us the Holy Ghost. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if, any deadly, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. He begins to lay out at the next level why. Because he wants us to begin to do the work of the gospel. He wants us to begin to do the work of the gospel and believe him at a higher level. He wants us to begin to step into what he's called us to do. And he told them, it's so important that I want you to wait. He said, look, this is what I'm telling you to do. People all the time will say, Pastor, I don't know what I'm called to do. Well, it says in here that every believer does this. He wants us to pray in tongues. He wants us to cast out devils. He wants us to heal the sick. He wants us to do these things. And then he said, but you've got to wait till you get the power. And in Acts chapter number 2, the day of Pentecost, says when the day of Pentecost has fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They had an expectation like I talked about last week. He said, wait, because you're going to get something. And then they had to wait and endure for 10 days. But he said, if you'll wait, and those that waited, it says in verse number two, and suddenly. See, when you patiently wait and you have expectancy, then suddenly. That's the way then suddenly comes. Because you're expecting something that God has called you. See, when I pray for someone, I pray for them with the expectancy that God's going to heal them. Not the fear of what's going to happen if God doesn't. You see the difference? Okay. So there's an expectancy that's there, and that's where faith begins to pull. That's where faith begins to have its work. That's where faith, because what faith does, it begins to cause you to believe what is impossible to believe for. Because you expect it. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were seating, sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak 
with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, God's given us power and authority so that we can influence an entire society. I say it all the time. I'm believing that this place is going to be mobbed in six months. Now, what happens? You come on a Sunday morning at 8.30, and the first three rows are full. And then they trickle in as, as you're there. And your mind starts to go, oh, I don't know. Where are they all at? Am I the only one that does that? Right? You begin to, you're, you get your mind involved. So we'll switch it to something that involves you more. Well, I got this new job, and it was really good, and now I've been here three months, just had my review, and they said I was average and didn't get a raise. <sighs> you know Eeyore? But what God wants to begin to train us in is to take the word of God, speak the word of God over our lives and say, it doesn't matter what my boss just said. I know God's going to move. God's going to help me. He's going to cause me to be the best employee. I'm going to work with these hands as hard as I can. I'm going to learn everything I need to learn. I'm, uh, Jim, I am going to be the best employee that this company has ever had. And when I am that employee, I know that God's going to bless me and they're going to give me raises. I'll take his job if that's what God has for me. And if they don't want to raise me up, God's got other jobs out there for me. He'll open the door. He'll begin to move. See, you begin to change your expectation because you take the word of God and you begin to pray and you begin to expect it over yourself. See, God doesn't want us to be the first church of Eeyore. He wants us to begin to be more like Tigger. He, he, none of that's in my notes, so... <laughs> But he wants us to begin to believe in a higher level. He, you say, well, I know, but Pastor, I've been doing this for 20 years and I still don't have it. Then let's begin to change that thing. Let's grab some scriptures in the word of God and put them up on your refrigerator. Put them on your mirror in the morning when you're brushing your teeth. And begin to do what it takes to overcome the lie of the enemy because he gave us power. He gave us authority. It's his power. It's his authority. And that power and authority rules over anything that this world of the devil can place upon us. God wants us to lift up our voices and begin to take the position that he has called us to take as Christians. But you got to have an expectancy. You got to believe what the word says. That's why I'm so excited about what the men are doing, reading the word. That's why I'm saying, men, get back in there. If you jumped off the bus, get back on the bus. If you got off, it's okay. We're not going to worry about that. Start. Today's the second. Read Mark chapter number two and comment. Why? Because you will never walk in the power and authority of God outside of the word, and you don't get the word on just a Sunday morning sermon. Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor David Verdecchio of New Destiny Christian Center. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com.